This week on Water Flying, we are at Kenmore Air to explore seaplane flight training at this historic seaplane operator. You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Well, we are so glad you have joined us for a very special on location podcast with Brian Flegel, chief flight instructor here at Kenmore Air. Just outside of Seattle, Washington, we always love coming to Kenmore Air, which feels like home uh, or home away from home for me, especially. Brian, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy flight training schedule to join us today. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad to be here. Oh, we've had a pretty interesting journey. Um, Brian, can you tell our listeners uh, who may have never been to this amazingly historic facility here at Kenmore, why it has such a legendary reputation in the world of seaplanes. Yeah, I mean, part of it is that it's, we started back in 1946 as a flight school. Um, we had a Ronca on straight floats, and uh, we've been providing flight instruction ever since then. It's been 75 years of, of uh, flight instruction. The airline kind of started uh, a little bit after the flight instruction did, but it's probably, we average about 70, 70 uh, seaplane ratings a year. So I imagine we've gotten about 5,000 pilots through their seaplane rating at least. Yeah, in the 75-year history. I mean, that's yeah. really credible. 5,000 seaplane pilots have been created here. But also, I mean, when I look at coming to Kenmore, and we've been talking to the staff quite a bit. Of course, John Gowie, uh, mm-hmm. the director of flight operations, is on our board of directors Um, I think we have at least half a dozen podcasts to do here at Kenmore Air because there's so many different aspects of the business and uh, which includes the, you know, the maintenance, the commercial uh, seaplane operations. You have Edo floats here. Uh, There's so many different aspects that are covered here. And of course, Kenmore has been incredibly supportive of the Seaplane Pilots Association through providing uh, uh, memberships for the pilots, uh, hosting uh, our annual member adventure in 2018. Um, It's just been an incredible relationship. And again, uh, this is an episode I've looked forward to for quite some time. So uh, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here. So what, we, we have a backstory on this, but uh, what led to your uh, journey um, that, you know, that, that uh, led with you becoming a seaplane pilot? How did all that happen? Yeah, no, um, I, I'm one of those guys that, that uh, has always wanted to be an airplane pilot for as long as I can possibly remember. Uh, one of the formative experiences of my, my childhood was my family took a family vacation to Alaska and we were happened to be driving around Anchorage one day and showed up at, uh, happened to wander into Lake hood, uh, which if you've, which is a pretty overwhelming experience. It's (laughs) very overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, the city streets just kind of lead into the, uh, the sides of the lake there. And there's hundreds of seaplanes just sitting on the, on the beaches all the way around the lake. Uh, so that was kind of a very formative experience for me going, Oh wow, that's, that looks like really fun stuff. I I would like to do that someday. 
there's nothing like seeing 400 seaplanes okay. line the shore of a lakefront. And as you're driving or walking on the road, seeing that seaplanes have the right of way on the road there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a little unique, unique area for sure. So uh, that's easy to set the hook there at uh, Lake Hood. But uh, then things kind of progressed from there. Uh, yeah. you, you and I crossed paths uh, along the way. Yeah, I started my flight training in uh, eastern Washington at Walla Walla University. Um, I did an aviation degree there. Um, and one of, our, one of our field trips, essentially, was that we came to the Northwest uh, Aviation Trade Show, uh, which we just got done with this weekend. Yes. Um, but uh, we came to that, and one thing that really caught my eye was the, the seminar that you were doing on, uh, on the ultimate adventure uh, seaplane flying. Uh, so I came and listened to that and kind of set the hook for me. I was, I was hooked. I, I wanted to do it. <laughs> um, so I signed up for the uh, Seaplane Pilots Association. I think you guys were doing a promo that, that year to, to do uh, a seaplane uh, rating uh, giveaway scholarship yeah, yeah scholarship yeah so i signed up for that i didn't win it that year <laughs> um but uh i i was hooked i that kind of caught my eye with uh, kenmore was was uh, facilitating that and and that kind of got me into realizing that kenmore was up here and they did seaplane ratings so i i kind of intended to come do that at some point uh, I continued my flight training. I came back to the show a couple of years in a row and, and listened to your... I think you your, sat in in a, a, a career uh Yeah, a career, career forum a couple a year or two later, and uh, John Gowie was there, um, and he was talking about what, what it was like to fly at, at Kenmore and how to, how to start at Kenmore, how to get in the door um, here, so... Uh, that that was uh, very formative for me too. Um, I and you made up, quite an impression on both of us because I can remember you were kind of like <laughs> salivating and coming up. I going, was. How, how can I get in touch with you? Yeah, I think I, with John. I came to the seminar and and talked to John there, and then I stopped by the booth a couple of times, and uh, John was busy doing stuff, but I. I talked to you and finally got a, a minute to introduce myself to John at, at the booth, and <laughs> I was very persistent. <laughs> Well, this is the kind of success story that makes my heart just warm as can be because, I mean, that's why we're out here doing all of this. And, and to know that we're having those kinds of real impacts, to take someone from that interest of you being in the crowd at yeah. one of the workshops or one of the career forums that we did and then have you become the chief pilot or the chief flight instructor here yeah. at Kenmore. I mean, that's the kind of success that we can only dream of. For sure. No, it's, uh, it's awesome. So, I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, so I, I eventually got around to getting my rating here. Um, I was going to come and do it with my with my brother who was doing it for a senior project. He went to Walla Walla University as well. Um, and I ended up canceling in the summer. Uh, I was one of those annoying students of ours that cancels last minute. <laughs> now you have a different perspective on <laughs> A little bit, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I was busy doing firefighting in the summer, and I wanted to keep making money there, so I... I uh, canceled last minute, and they were they were nice enough to give me a slot in February. <laughs> <laughs> so I came back in uh, in February and and got my got my rating, and that was February of 2019. Uh, so I I got my rating, and that really got me hooked on seaplane flying. I was over the moon uh, <laughs> with with the type of flying that we do do up here. So I. I bugged my instructor uh, continuously every couple of weeks. I would shoot him a text and ask, hey, when are you hiring <laughs> hiring flight instructors? Uh, and I talked to the, the chief flight instructor at that time, Michelle Cohen. Um, I talked to her while oh, I yeah. was here. And uh, 
and asked asked all kinds of questions about what it took to be an instructor here and, and all of that. So I um, I kept bugging them, and they happened to have a, an opening come up that summer. Um, and I I was on my way back from fishing up in, in Alaska, uh, and they had an opening and said, hey, why don't you stop by and we'll do a quick interview. Uh, so I... I stopped by and uh, had a, about a 20-minute interview with Michelle and then uh, about a 15-minute flight, just a quick little flight in between her uh, her 135 duties. Uh, and I was fortunate enough that they offered me a job that afternoon, and I started the next week. I was That's okay. amazing. Yeah. Uh, again, I just can't tell you how rewarding it is to know that our efforts out there going to the trade shows and providing these workshops – and these career days and things like that, you know, have, have led to this. And, and there's been many of these stories and it's very powerful to bring them to the podcast as well. And, and to, you know, let people know that this is possible. You can go from being in the audience at one of these things to, uh, you know, a couple years later, finding yourself not only doing flight training, but mm-hmm. being the chief flight instructor of an operation like this. Yeah, it is possible. <laughs> it is possible. It's real. It happens. It does. <laughs> I would so, not have guessed I would be here today if you'd asked me that <laughs> in the audience or even a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, that's just great. So let's talk about the flight training program here at Kenmore. Yeah. What's it What's it look like? Yeah, so we we do uh, intensive style training. Uh, we primarily do add-on ratings, seaplane, single-engine C add-on ratings. Uh, our training format is to bring students in for generally about five-day reservations. Uh, they come in and they... They fly for that f- about five days. Um, we do a morning and an afternoon session, so it's it is intensive. Um, come in nine o'clock in the morning, start do your pre flight, do a pre flight briefing. Uh, you go out with your instructor and fly for an hour or so, um, hour and a half, and then come back do a post flight, take a lunch break, and then kind of the same thing in the afternoon. Uh, the way we are structured, we have uh, we generally assign one instructor and one airplane to that student for the five days. So. Uh, we can be pretty flexible with that. You know, if you, uh, you you don't have anybody else that you have to get back uh, and done with your lesson so that somebody else can use the airplane, uh, that airplane is yours for the week and that instructor. And that is, instructor is, is married to you yeah. for the week. So. Exactly. So it, it makes for a very, um, a very flexible and relaxed kind of training schedule. You're, you're training very consistently all day long. Uh, but uh, when you, you get kind of tired out or, or kind of overwhelmed with everything that's going on. You take a take an hour lunch break. And if you need to take right a break, take a break and process some of, yeah. of what you just learned. Yeah, and our the way we bill our our time as well, um, it's a package rate. So um, you're paying for the the rating, and you have that instructor for the full five days. So they don't have other duties. You are their their priority for the week. So it it, it makes it very easy to kind of be flexible with that time and, and do whatever you need to get, get that rating done. So, yeah, I think that's great. So what kind of aircraft, uh, tell the listeners what kind of aircraft here are available for flight training here because your fleet is, uh, ha- has some interesting airplanes. And we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our standard, tr- uh, training fleet, we've got, uh, two Cessna 172s on straight floats. Uh, and then we also have two super cubs on straight floats. One of those is a cub crafters top cub, um, 180 horse top cub. And the other one is a standard 160 horse, uh, super cub, uh, both of those on straight floats. That's our standard training fleet. Uh, but in adi- addition to that, we've got a uh, Cessna 180 on straight floats with a interesting, uh, STC package. We do a carbureted 520 on that. Um, it's an interesting engine setup. Uh, but then we've also got the the legendary De Havilland Beaver uh, available as well. That's probably the the most interesting of our of our fleet. 
and that's that's available for dual instruction too. Yeah, what a great aircraft too. So, uh, some comments there though. Um, Three nine zero Charlie Charlie probably yeah. uh, that the top cub in uh-huh. the fleet has been here for quite a while. Matter of fact, if you look at how to fly floats, it's the airplane uh-huh. that's on the cover of the book, and it that's is. one of the more popular books used by seaplane schools across the country for flight training. Yeah, um, I've actually had quite a bit of time in that airplane. My only comment about it is do do you restrict people to how much rpm for takeoff so they can actually experience what a step is yeah. because in that airplane in particular you just kind of blow through the step on it yeah there's certainly been a lot of times where my student goes full power and uh we don't really get to step it's just the plow and then we're we're flying <laughs> any headwind at all and and there is no uh, step attitude to worry about per so se. you do, do you do anything like restricting them on rpm oh, yeah. on we, it we'll yeah. definitely do that to, to get them that kind so they can actually so, feel yeah, where it's the... like to, <laughs> to get down to step attitude and actually stay on step for a little while. Uh, the biggest common error any student has is step taxing with that airplane because they'll, they'll, they'll be flying before they fly before they, they even realize it. So I always tell students, uh, you know, okay, we're going to do some step taxi, bring that power back and like bring it back a, to quarter throttle, like way before it, way below what you think you need. Yeah. I know you can take off in that airplane at 2000 RPM. Oh, so exactly. yeah. do it at 1800 probably. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing. I have the same VG kit and, uh, the, the cub crafters kit on, on my airplane right. and, uh, it's incredible. It's, yeah. It's a blast. But I'm on amphibs and that's on Edo 2000s and those uh-huh. floats on that airplane, that combination just uh, again you have, you have to restrict the rpm almost yeah, to, it, to feel the step it is a it is an amazing performer yeah so uh do you have anyone come through and do a single engine c in the beaver and more importantly do you recommend that because that's a conversation that we've had on the side yeah. and john gowie and i and you were having a conversation on that earlier yeah um we do occasionally get people that want to do that um, it is possible to do it. We don't necessarily recommend it, though. Um, seaplane flying is very different from from uh, land plane flying. Uh, and every, generally, everybody these days is, is getting their rating, getting all their experience, uh, getting their certificate in land planes, uh, where we have that very structured airport environment. We have uh, very structured risk management. Um, the airplane, our phases of flight are very structured. We use our pattern. We're at 1,000 feet, all of that. Um, on the water, we're, we're, our patterns can vary a lot. We're essentially working off airport. Um, and so that whole uh, environment change makes it, there's a lot of things different there. Um, and so using our basic training, just using those 172, the Super Cub, uh, those airplanes are so simple that you really don't have to think about what you're doing. You're already familiar. Most pilots are already familiar with those those airplanes um, and it really there's gives very them, little radios. There's very few yeah. instruments to look at. So you yep. can actually focus on the transition process of learning the techniques that you need to learn to become a seaplane pilot. You can spend all your mental bandwidth on focusing on those new techniques rather than managing the airplane. Um, Whereas in the Beaver, it is a, it is a fun airplane to fly. It's easy. And it's enticing to want to do it. It's super enticing to fly, uh, to, 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 yeah, to experience. Um, but there is that, that extra aspect of you've got a big radial engine. It's a different type of engine than most people fly. Um, it is a complex airplane, uh, so it's it's definitely not a complex, but a lot uh, more of your bandwidth is 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 spent exactly. managing the airplane instead of learning the technique. So, yeah. I think we probably agree on if you want to come do your single engine C, do your single engine C in the one seventy two or the Super Cub, and then 
uh, do some more advanced, if you want to keep doing some more advanced training, exactly. then after you've done the single agency, yep, gotten uh, some familiarity with those techniques and everything, move on to the 180 on or the, or the, uh, beaver and, yeah. and get some more advanced training. Exactly. Well, that's really good. So you already mentioned this, but we should go back and cover it. So a typical seaplane, uh, rating program is four to five days mm-hmm. and how many hours, uh, for the program? Yeah, so we have our our packages that we have set up right now. We've got an eight hour and a ten hour package. Okay, um, so that's eight or ten hours of flight time. Uh, our packages include the uh, ground time towards the rating. Most students, by the time we do our pre flight and post flight briefings and our oral prep and all of that, uh, most students average about twelve to fifteen hours of ground time. Uh, um, so that package, just again, the way that we build things we just include all that ground time in the package some students do 20 hours they maybe they want to sit here and really get in depth on the on the uh techniques and the the theory behind those techniques and that's great um we can we do that Uh, we can do that and the package is set up to allow that and that's great that you want to take that extra time or that you guys are are willing to take that extra time to to give the student what they need because ultimately that makes them a better pilot. Yeah, for sure. Some pilots uh, benefit from just getting out there and, and doing it more. Some pilots really like to, to get into the theory and get the, the mental aspect of that down before they go do it. Um, and then our, so our packages also include a ride along on our 135 operation, which is always a blast. That's unique. It is, yeah. Since and a we, lot of fun because I do that quite a bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is a blast um, because we have the airline operation right here, um, our it's we're in the same building they use the same dock space and everything uh we send our students uh along on those those ride-alongs it's really a cool experience to kind of tie together all the all the stuff they just learned they get to go out and see the professionals do it um, in a in an airline setting and that's really neat and getting a ride-along sitting in the right seat in a beaver or the otter and getting out yeah to go out to the san juans on a real commercial flight and get to sit next to a highly experienced commercial seaplane pilot and and the destinations and the docking and the things that Mm -hmm. you guys are doing i mean i think that's a a huge uh uh plus for coming here i mean that alone is is worth a lot yeah Uh, so that's pretty cool um and I think one of the other big things is is the different types of waterways and the different water environments uh, that you operate on. Uh, talk about some of what the, the different kinds of training waterways or, you know, uh, geographic uh, uh, yeah. variations that you guys train in. Yeah, we're very fortunate. We've got a very diverse training environment. Um, most of our training happens on Lake Washington and Lake Sammamish. They're right here um, in, in the Seattle Greater Seattle metro area, right outside the door <laughs> right here. One the of them. Here, yep. Uh, so we get a lot of, you know, we do a lot of training on the lakes. Uh, they're pretty standard lakes and everything. But in addition to that, we're fortunate. We get the the Puget Sound is right here. Um, we get to get out into that tidal environment. Um, we deal with with the tide and current and winds out there, the uh, rollers and swells out there. Um, so you get a, a really diverse going from the lake um, with power boats and and glassy water and, and everything out to the sound where we might have big, big waves and rollers and, and we get, uh, ferry waves and, coming off the ferry, ferry. Yep, <laughs> ferry boats put off, put off bigger wakes than you think. <laughs> uh, and then in addition to that, we've got the Cascade mountains and the Olympic mountains and there's uh, mountain lakes up there that we get to use, um, as well. Uh, so we get some good Alpine lake experience to, to go experience that 
for our students. So yeah, dealing with that terrain is a, a whole other different aspect, and and whether you can get out or get in, um, uh-huh. and and how you navigate that. I mean, I know there's lakes here where it's one way out essentially. Yeah. I mean, there's only one yeah. way out of Isabella. Exactly. Same thing with uh, with the other couple of lakes we we use. Uh, most of those lakes have basically one way out and one way in um and it's a really really good real world experience for our students to go through the risk management and the the evaluation of those those locations and figure out how to do it safely so you get uh those alpine lakes you get a norm what i would call a normal uh lake environment and then mm-hmm. you get tidal operations uh, and and saltwater operations yeah uh, that's a tremendous again a diversity of the, really the for a training environment yeah yeah no it's it's amazing to to be able to take our students to all the different places so that's cool what are some of the biggest challenges you see with the students in the program yeah, um, I was talking a little bit about it before, but uh, one of the biggest challenges I think our students face is uh, just the the general paradigm shift that exists between land planes and the mindset. And of- yeah, the mindset. <laughs> uh, in wheel planes, we're in airport environments. We've got that control. We've uh, we've got patterns that we follow uh, for traffic patterns and everything. Um, here on in seaplane flying. We rarely fly a square pattern. <laughs> uh, we're, we're landing all over the lake. Uh, here in Seattle, we, we deal with a lot of noise abatement issues. We've got neighbors all around the lake. There's thousands and thousands of houses. <laughs> Everybody has a dock. Um, and so we're, we're taking our landing areas. And um, I, I, every time I go out with a student, I'm going to do a couple landings here. I'm going to move to the other end of the lake. I'm going to move across the lake, do a couple landings um, in each kind of area. So I'm not just bugging one neighbor in particular. Uh, and so the student goes from a land environment where they're doing a single pattern and, and, uh, in a very, uh, regimented and, and predictable fashion. And now we're doing landings all over the lake and I might tell my student, okay, uh, we're doing a landing here and now you're going to, after this landing, we're going to take off and then we're going to turn a, uh, left and, and do another landing on the other side of the lake. And it's going to be a opposite pattern and we're in a different spot. So, um, students definitely struggle with uh, with that whole paradigm shift of just not having the structure. Um, but that's also a, a huge factor of why it's so beneficial uh, to our students. It really makes pilots better pilots. It gives them those, uh, those evaluation skills and risk management skills to be able to deal with that kind of off-airport environment. Yeah, not going to the same landing location every time makes them think about the approach, makes them reanalyze uh, yeah, the approach does. and the challenges of the approach. And I think that prepares them really well for the real world it in does. seaplane flying. So yeah. I think there's a, a lot to be said for that. And then it's important here. I mean, Lake Washington, you've got some fairly expensive real estate along the we shoreline do. here. <laughs> uh, this is Seattle, after all, uh, is. which is known for having very high real estate values in the first place. Uh, but these are some of the finer homes uh-huh. in in the Seattle metropolitan area. But it's, it's important to re- recognize that you guys are not only doing flight training, but you've got the, a very large commercial fleet that's operating oh, yeah. on the same waterways. And then you have a lot of private owner operators mm-hmm. here, and a lot of the airplanes are, are actually based right here at Kenmore. And so that noise abatement becomes even more important because you've got private operators utilizing these waterways. You've got the commercial operations and then the flight training. And Mm -hmm. so, um, again, I think it's a unique situation to really stress, but it's also important to the future of your ability to continue to operate. Totally. 
Um, so that's great. I, I really like talking about the noise abatement uh, practices, especially in sensitive areas like here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the most rewarding things uh, for you uh, as, uh, as far as being a seaplane instructor here at Kenmore and, and watching your students come through the program? Yeah, uh, it's it's an amazing experience. Um, in addition to that, the enjoyment that you get out of flight instructing of just teaching people how to fly, uh, we're teaching people to fly seaplanes, which is uh, easily the funnest type of flying, in my opinion. <laughs> Not a bad gig. <laughs> it, it isn't, no, no. Um, so generally just getting to see those students uh, learn what it's like to, to have that uh, freedom and, and uh, experience of a seaplane. Um, it's an amazing experience. Probably one of my favorite examples is taking a, taking a flip plane out to the uh, Hood Canal over on the other side of the Sound. Uh, it's fairly protected water, and you get a nice, uh, nice calm afternoon, sun shining, and and uh, which happens more than you think in the Seattle area. <laughs> not like today, uh, not like today. No. <laughs> uh, but getting out there to the we have the uh, classic Seattle weather uh, situation liquid today. Liquid sunshine today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, getting a student out out there to the Hood Canal. It's gorgeous country out there, uh, and in some nice smooth water, and just spending the whole afternoon step taxing for miles. Uh, we can go without quit without stopping, just touch and goes and and step taxing, and it's an amazing experience. We get to it's also the sound, so it's open water, and and we can beach uh, essentially any place below mean high tide out there. So. Oh, that's uh, great. Get kind of tired of it. We can take a break and, and do, just, do a beach. Just yeah. chill out on the beach for a while. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe get some clams while you're at it. <laughs> yep, you can do some clamming too. <laughs> so um, is there a, a particular time of the year that's better than other times of the year as far as the weather and the scheduling uh, to do the, the work? Yeah, um, I would actually say that late summer, um, early fall is one of the best times to fly out here. Um the boat traffic has died down a little bit. We've we've been struggling with boat traffic on the on our main training areas these last couple of summers. Uh, but the yes, that boat traffic has died down a bit. The weather is still fantastic, um, but we do offer flight training year round. Um, in any given uh, seven day period or so, we generally have four or five days of, of flyable weather. Um, so there's there's not particularly aside from that kind of late late summer. Um, the rest of the year is, is pretty decent as well. We get these days of, of low ceilings and low visibility and just rain and everything, but uh, it, it is pretty dyna- dynamic. I mean, just well, it's just Friday a couple of Saturday. days ago, we had yeah. uh, crystal clear, no, not a cloud yeah, in the sky. You got, to, you got some fun adventures there on Friday. It was a it was a gorgeous day to be out flying. So yeah, so and and you know, the, dealing with that weather element or the change in the weather element isn't necessarily a bad thing either. Yeah, because again, rear world seaplane flying mm-hmm. uh, includes weather, so uh, that might not be a bad thing. Yeah, we can. Uh, one of, one of my favorite examples from that is taking pilots out uh, into a relatively low wheel plane con, uh, fl- weather conditions, <laughs> which <laughs> and, is different for us. Which is very different, yeah. And for me, in in the seaplane environment, we're flying over a landing and uh, runway like our lake the whole time. Uh, we're in class golf airspace. We can be relatively comfortable down to three miles and a couple hundred or six, seven hundred foot ceilings. Um, because I can see both sides of the lake, I can see my whole landing area. Um, and again, that's not the uh, not the per- perfect flying conditions, but we can do that relatively safely when it comes to risk management compared to a land plane where you don't have the option to just land <laughs> right ahead of you, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's fun to be able to take students out and show them, hey, this can be done. This is flyable in this in this yeah. condition with these risk management uh, considerations. So. 
So let's talk about the check ride. I mean, we've talked about the training program and, and some of the things uh, that you focus on. Um, you're going to be looking at, well, let's talk about, you know, the different types of landings and, and stuff as well. So glassy water, rough mm-hmm. water, uh, that's easy to find here. Yep. <laughs> uh, glassy water uh, can be found here and mm-hmm. normal landings. So uh, there's some different types of uh, uh, landing uh, that uh, conditions that people are going to have to work on or, or understand. Yeah, techniques. Um, so we... we- we have the, for the check ride. You essentially have to demonstrate five different takeoff and landing technique techniques. As you said, the glassy water, rough water, um, crosswind, and and confined area, uh, and then the normal takeoff and landing. Um, and we get a really great cross section of of environments or of of conditions for all all five of those. So we get really get good usable um, conditions for for all of those. Uh, for the examiner is gonna gonna need to see those five. Uh, and then they need to see some step taxi, some docking, um, stuff like that. Uh, so the check ride is really pretty, pretty brief. It's an add-on rating, um, so we don't have a necessity to go do um, any sort of air work with the examiner. Examiner doesn't need to see that. They can always ask if they want to, but generally, generally they don't. Uh, so our check rides usually average. Point eight, point nine. You've pretty much worked out the air work and the training program. Exactly. You're going to know if someone's ready or not oh, yeah. for that. Yeah, and we usually go do a, a quick little bit of air work um, in our training curriculum, but um, the focus is certainly on the on the landing and takeoff technique. That's the the main thing that we're we're doing differently. A seaplane is still an airplane, <laughs> and you're docking every time you come in here as well. Yeah. So you're practicing docking every flight, every single flight. Yeah, and we'll go do. I mean, we've got a ramp here. We've got another ramp down at Renton, so we can practice those. We've got beaches available. We to go do beaching. Um, we've got mooring buoys around. We can go do that that as well. So, so for a prospective student uh, looking at doing the program, so the programs are three thousand and change. Yeah. Uh, so our packages are set up as a. I think I mentioned uh, they include the flight time, the ground time, the ride along, and the check ride rental. Um, so that's in addition to the, the eight or ten hours. And the eight hour package is currently priced at three thousand uh, dollars. The ten hour package is three thousand five hundred. So. Yeah, and then so you get a little break on the flight time on yep. that as well. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, examiner fee is extra though. Yep, the examiner fee is is independent. It's with direct with the examiner right now. They're charging six hundred dollars uh, check ride. Uh, which is relatively cheap for, for this area. Yes. Uh, Again, we're in Seattle. We're in Seattle. <laughs> uh, but the nice thing with the, with the examiners, too, though, is that our, our two examiners that we use the most often have actually worked for Kenmore uh, 25 years each, uh, if not more. One of them has worked here almost 40 years, I think. Um, they're both currently uh, working, for, uh, working in other positions. Um, Fred just retired, so he's... Uh, one of our part-time guys, uh, and he also does does uh, check rides with us. Um, but uh, they essentially expect a couple of check rides a week from us, so um, it's very flexible for us. We can basically call them up and say, "Hey, we've got a check ride for you." Um, so when we schedule that reservation for the student, uh, they have a check ride ready to go um, as soon as we've got it on the, on our calendar. So. So not necessarily the least expensive seaplane rating program that's out there, but again, mm-hmm. I think one that's very inclusive and is a great exposure show for people looking to come here budget-wise, 3600 to $4,000 yeah. uh, for the program uh, yep. with the 172 or the Super Cubs. Yep. We price the Super Cub and the 172 the same. Um, they're, we essentially operate them in the, in the exact same way. So uh, the student really gets to pick which one they want to want to fly without having to consider the a cost difference or anything. 
Yep. And uh, for those that may not be familiar, I think one of the big things to stress when it comes to seaplane ratings mm-hmm. is that uh, there is an oral test and a practical mm-hmm. uh, check ride, uh, but uh, there is no written test. Correct. So yes. there's nothing to fear as far as uh, test jitters when it comes to a written test. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty easy add-on uh, rating. And uh, as an add-on rating, no, no need for the written test. Uh, we don't have any requirement for that. Uh, so it's just that oral and the the practical part of the check ride. Uh, and as, as we have these examiners uh, who have worked for us for so long, um, we're, we're well equipped to prepare you for their check ride. So. Yeah. And, uh, I'll add, uh, of course I'm, I have a little predisposition on this opinion, but it's uh-huh. probably the most enjoyable, uh, rating oh, you'll ever do. I completely agree. <laughs> and it does uh, also count as a flight review. So, uh, yeah. You can knock out two birds with one stone uh, exactly. with the training. Um, we have we do have one thing to one note to add on that. Um, you can't use that as a flight review for uh, if you're already expired on your flight review. Okay, um, you have to uh, you have to be rated in the aircraft that you're doing a flight review in. Um, so if you don't have a seaplane rating, uh, coming to get a seaplane rating after your flight review review has uh, expired uh, doesn't quite work. Um, but it's only for the initial close, yeah. yeah if you're if you're coming up on a flight review this is a fantastic way to uh to get that uh check ride in and meet that flight review requirement before it expires so. that's great so brian what have we missed that you would like the listeners to know about coming here to kenmore about doing your seaplane uh flight training uh here in the seattle area um and about the program or the experience what have we missed and I think we, I think we've hit just about everything. Um, it it really is a fantastic. It's a fun rating to do, um, and it really builds builds better, stronger pilots. It builds your judgment skill, risk risk management, and really strong stick and rudder skills. Um, so it's a it's a great great addition to your to your certificate list. Uh, that's awesome, and and of course I agree with that, Brian. <laughs> I you know I. Thank you so much for coming on Waterflying today. It's uh, so amazing for me personally uh, to kind of watch you on part of your journey from yeah. attending the forums and, and for the, sure. uh, the career day at the Northwest Aviation Trade Show and Conference in Puyallup, Washington, which we just uh, were working yeah, last weekend. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it's funny to watch you go from being in the audience to working at the Kenmore yeah. booth mm-hmm. uh, at the show. And, and again, to have you as the chief flight instructor here at Kenmore. Um, how should uh, anyone that's interested in learning uh, 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 here at Kenmore to get their rating or to come fly? I mean, you can even just do some advanced training, come fly the Beaver, do some more advanced training or the 180. How should yeah. they get in contact with you and learn more about the program? Yeah, um, contacting our instruction office is the best way to do that. Um, you can shoot us an email, instruction at kenmoreair.com. I'm sure we'll throw this in the text as well uh, yeah but our either our phone number or or our uh, email address great ways to contact us uh, and we've got staff on hand to, to get back to you as soon as we can wow okay brian it is an honor to have you on i've been waiting to do this for quite a while to do this particular episode thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another episode of Waterflying. we hope that every episode uh brings something to the table that uh, you learn from and enjoy and until next time fly safe and fly often we are so glad you joined us today if you like today's show I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. 
Members receive Waterfine, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.